0: But only some of them die. They they do stop it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> so while it's... they're being shot, Shailene Woodley, like Tris, has time to pause and give her like little smirking, like, "I'm not dauntless. I'm Divergent." Like, dude, people <laughs> are being people are being murdered. <laughs> <And you're... laughs>
0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 352 with a review of Insurgent Slash also Divergent. I'm Christopher Schneezy.
2: I'm Car Surgeon Patrick. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> Stauntless. <laughs>
0: And Thank you. for you joining us for the first time. <laughs> Landed um, so
1: well.
0: <laughs> this For the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Um, this week, uh, we're, we're technically going to be reviewing both uh, Divergent and Insurgent, because we never talked about Divergent back in the day. And uh, Stephen and I both saw it for the first time, um, like basically around the same time that we went and saw uh, Insurgent. So... Uh, how are you guys doing this morning? Um, we just finished taking our aptitude test to figure out that we're all divergent, surprisingly enough. And uh, besides that, how are you guys doing?
2: Good. Uh, wait. So wait. Who who did you get again, Chris? Like the was it candor? I can't remember. <laughs> <It's> Amity.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's a- oh, Amity. Yeah. Amity is is the highest of my things that I'm divergent with.
2: Well, I was just gonna say that, like, of course Steven got Dauntless because he just doesn't care. He's just a brave <laughs> dude. He'll be yeah. like yeah, bitch, I'll spend $20 to see this movie in IMAX 3D. <laughs> and I,
1: I got those plugs in the face tattoos, so I was really hoping it was going to work out.
2: Like, I'm hardcore, hardcore going, movie
0: going.
1: I don't we're, know. We're cool parkour dudes who do somersaults when yeah. we jump out of
0: trains. Yeah, basically, I was really hoping I was going to get Dauntless because I'm, I'm just a train aficionado, so like, it just seemed like the place I wanted to be. Mm. Um, but mostly I would have just probably stuck on the train and become factionless anyways and just like join the train spotting people underneath (laughs) exactly start doing heroin (laughs) it would have been great then I'd also have marks all over my arms but they wouldn't be tattoos
1: yeah
2: Mm. well Chris was like Chris was like the dude from uh, Project Almanac in this movie he was just hanging out on the train like yeah what's up bro this is our train (laughs) this is our train choo choo
1: welcome to the new age (laughs) I just got sure. back from
2: Lollapalooza. It was sick.
0: I, I can't tell if that was like a reference back to us talking about Imagine Dragons before the episode started. Oh, yeah, it that, was. That was Imagine Dragons. That okay, totally good. was. Of course. <laughs> I just want to
1: make sure because Carson didn't react as though it was. No, I did. Okay, sorry. I, just,
2: I, I laughed.
0: Sorry. Yeah.
1: I'm pretty sure factionless and dauntless are, like, the same group, by the way. So the way way it
0: actually works – well, technically anybody who doesn't have a faction is factionless. But the way it works in this universe is once you reach a certain age, you can no longer exhibit the characteristics of being uh, a dauntless. So they just kick you out and you become factionless. Mm -hmm. So if you fail to live up to – What's expected of of Dauntless, you're out. You become factionless. If you reach a certain age, you're out. You become factionless. If you fail to live up to the characteristics of any of the um, factions that almost call them houses, um, any of the factions that you pick, you will also become factionless. So there's a bunch of different ways you can be factionless.
1: But, But so you think because Dauntless does this thing where people, a significant number get voted out? Factionless is mostly made up of like dumb jocks who also like to do somersaults and stuff. <laughs> P- pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I believe that is exactly how it works. I they're they're think- just like the second string players <laughs> or something. Yeah, yeah.
2: I would be um, if this podcast was a faction. I would become factionless because it'd be like you like Mordecai. F- you, you're
1: factionless now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure I would be erudite, which is. Sad. <laughs>
0: Because <laughs> you're more intelligent than everyone, is that what you're saying? Because
1: yeah, like, I'm the I'm the know-it-all, but in this universe, the smart people are the like shitty people. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's not how it is in the real world. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh,
0: no, I I think I, I think sadly, I probably am probably Amity. If I was if I was forced into a house based on what I tested, it would probably I'd probably be stuck in Amity. But uh, everybody wants to be dauntless. I mean, I want I want to be brave. I want to shoot an arrow at a bear that's my mom, but oh, uh totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but uh you know, you know how that goes. Mm. Steven would be giving the people
2: the uh divergent test like Kate Winslet. He'd just be like, "Mm, yes, trying out our latest fuse technology <laughs> <laughs> giving you aptitude or <laughs> The Hellraiser test to open the cube or
1: whatever. No, I I just be the like guy in the middle who's like, Yeah, well killing people is bad, but you know, she has a point too if you think <laughs> about it. I don't I'm kinda like wait for rental on that. Oh, you mean you mean the brother? <laughs> <laughs> the spoilers. <laughs> were you are well, talking well, about only. Me? I guess. Are we allowed to spoil the first movie in this review? I, I, are I we like okay with that? Yeah, I think it's safe to say
0: that uh, because of the second film coming out, and people who are going to see this either should have already seen the first one, or they really don't give a crap. I'm I'm saying that it's fair game once we start to review the second film in a series. I think we're allowed to uh, spoil the first one.
2: Yeah, I mean it's not seven, so it's <laughs> totally fine.
0: <laughs> You're still mad that I bleeped out what was in the spoilers.
2: Box. Was Damn in the it's... Hellraiser cube.
0: <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> I do want to have a, a quick conversation at the end of this in spoilers about what's in the box because not not, <laughs> not in seven, but what's in the box in this movie? There's
2: I I I when they revealed what was in the box in this movie, I had a good laugh.
0: I laughed hard too, but mostly because of a joke I made as the movie was starting.
2: Oh, okay. Um,
0: which which I'll get to in spoilers, but you know, I I saw it with a friend and I I turned to her and I was like. I was like, blah, 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 and I made a reference to um, something that exists in maybe another universe out there, and then when the ending yes. happened, it made me laugh <laughs> so freaking hard, because uh, I basically, I, I, I called it, I pulled a Just Like Shutter Island at the end of this movie.
1: Oh, man. I think, think you we're mean on the you, same page. You mean you predicted one of the Divergent movies, but it was so <laughs> unclear what they were going for. No, but it, 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 you know what I mean. Anyways. <laughs>
0: Before I knew there was a box, I made a joke referencing what the outcome of the box would be without mm. even having a concept of the fact that there was supposed to be something in a box later on in the film. Anyways. Mm.
2: Well, I think I know what your joke is going to be, and I agree, and I also have a counter joke to your joke, which I think is what it's going to be. <laughs> so, there so you if go. If you're
1: excited for spoilers, stay tuned
2: for, <laughs> <laughs> for
0: that
1: back and that and was forth. about as
2: convoluted of an explanation as this
0: movie All right. Well, anyways, what do you say before we get even more convoluted in the convolugent uh, (laughs) faction that we're
2: all a part of? We're we're starting our own faction.
0: (laughs) What do you say that we uh, start by listening to the trailer for Insurgent and then come back and talk uh, about uh, both films?
1: You found it. The future our people deserve. What does Janine think is
2: in that box, Caleb?
1: I don't know, but she's testing divergence. Searching
0: for the one who can open it.
2: Find them. Every last one
0: of them. Janine's never gonna stop coming after us. It's time we fight back. We don't have the numbers. We will. Actionless? This is insane. Janine claims you're all dangerous insurgents. If we were to combine forces, we'd be unstoppable.
2: I can't let anyone else die because of me. Chris, help me!
0: You what does she want with her? It's the perfect subject.
1: You need to be strong.
0: You're brave. She's the one.
1: This is the only chance we have to rescue a little civilization we have left.
0: Dark times call for extreme measures. Let's begin.
2: I'm not going to fight you. Of course you're not. You're going to fight you.
0: Right, so that was the trailer for *Insurgent*. It is the second film in this uh, four-part trilogy. <laughs> that uh, is part of the di- *The three, three
2: point five.
0: <laughs> um, so basically, uh, it is the future. Some event has taken place, and uh, like you know, most people died, like in most po- po- post-apocalyptic stories, and the remnants of humanity are left in this one city that's closed off from the rest of the world. And the people in the city have been broken into these different factions that exhibit certain characteristics. Um, One is all about being selfless. One is all about being brave. One is all about being intelligent. One is all about being peaceful. And one is all about being honest. At a certain age, all children take this aptitude test, which tells them which house they're supposed to be. It's sort of like the sorting hat in Harry Potter, and they go into one of those houses. I
2: think I think it's exactly like <laughs> the Sorting Hat.
0: Yeah, except for instead of it being a talking hat, it's a weird little like computer simulation you like go into. Like
2: computer, yeah, and they get tattoos.
0: But anyway, <laughs> so uh, in the first film, we had uh, Shailene Woodley. Woodley, mm-hmm. yeah, that's her name. She. uh... <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I, hold on! I'm
0: just like oh, you.
2: You're like asking about the pronunciation of, like, the easiest part of her
0: name. No, no, it wasn't wasn't the pronunciation. I was trying to remember if that was her name, because earlier, before this episode, I I had a joke that I didn't say earlier before the episode started based on what her name was, based on a scene that the high schoolers were joking about in the film when we saw this movie. So I couldn't remember if the joke was her actual name or if it was a joke that sounded like her name, so I was confused. So,
1: to be clear, the joke involved the word wood?
0: Yes.
2: Yeah, okay. I I interpreted that
1: differently. More and like Shane Lee, Shailene Wooden Lee. <laughs> Fair It's the G-rated one. <laughs> Anyways, so
0: first film, she joins the the group of the brave. Uh, She finds out that she is divergent, which means she doesn't technically belong to any one house. She exhibits characteristics of all of the houses. I I keep calling them houses because I'm into this Harry Potter analogy now. They're they're, factions. They're they're factions. So um, each faction exhibits one characteristic. She is divergent, exhibiting characteristics of all the factions together. Turns out that uh, Kate Winslet really hates divergent people because they are a threat to her forming of the society and the way the faction system works. So she's trying to hunt her down. Uh, Big old plot ensues in the first film. They all escape on a train at the end. And uh, we pick up this film from where that left off. Kate Winslet still trying to hunt down the Divergent people because she uh, has some stuff that she wants to do with them. And uh, that's uh, where we we catch up with our friends as they are trying to figure out what to do about the bad people who are hunting Divergents. So, um, let's go around real fast and uh, briefly say uh, what we thought about the first film in this series, and then uh, we can recollect ourselves and jump into what we thought about Insurgent. So, Carson, what did you think about Divergent?
2: Uh, Well, I uh, diverged from everyone else and saw it in theaters when it came out. Um, I remember asking that I'm surprised we're even reviewing this movie and that you guys went back and watched it because... I remember asking Chris, I was "Like, oh, we're gonna review Divergent, maybe?" Or like, "Nah, nah, bro. Like, we have to <laughs> review, you're like, nah, bro. You're like, they got a time in, machine in, to build that." In, out of in, in, my, in my most,
0: daunt, my best dauntless accent, I was like, "Nah, bro, yeah. I ain't gonna do that."
2: It is best Jai Courtney impersonation. He was like, uh, "No, like, I don't remember." But basically, the gist was like, "F that movie. Reviewing Muppets Most Wanted instead." <laughs>
1: like all right whatever
0: (laughs) which in hindsight i i I, at the time i was like completely vibing off of the muppets movie that came up before that thinking like oh dude they made that amazing movie how could they possibly make a sneaker after that
2: (laughs) totally um but yeah um the first movie was really boring and it went on forever and i think the the only takeaway i had from the first movie was um good cast wasted and uh good soundtrack and i think that the the other thing was that the movie at least i could see why like teen girls would be all into it uh, like they they captured uh like the tone of the movie felt very much like okay if i was a 12 14 year old girl this would be my favorite movie um yeah so I guess I had to give them props for that, but other than that, it was super boring. Not a lot happened in it. They basically just were sort of like, "Oh, like I'm Dauntless, but I'm also Divergent." And oh, here's this, <laughs> here's bushy eyebrowed four. I love you, you in your scally face. And uh, now we we like Kate Winslet's bad, and <laughs> we broke Miles her hand.
1: Taylor, why won't you come to college with me? <laughs> Shut up, <a> bitch. <laughs> Miles Keller is so stupid in these. <laughs>
2: I, but like, she was just basically like, mm, all my lovers from previous movies are here, but I love Scally Man And um, we broke Kate Winslet's hand. Oh, we showed her and now we're running on a train and a movie um and then
0: this movie started and it was just like <laughs> you did, well, okay, one thing real fast that really pissed me off about the way the, the movies worked is I, f- I feel like miles teller was a bad guy in the first one and then right at the end he's like guys can i come on the train with you and like this movie starts off and they're all friends and
1: i'm like what the hell did that
0: happen Dude,
1: you yeah, it, know it makes f- no sense
2: <laughs> you know what's funny is that um so miles teller got like nothing to do in the first movie he's like the fifth lead or something he like showed up to get punched by like jai courtney in like one scene And then um, in this movie, I actually wish there were there was more Miles Teller because he was basically playing the audience and was just (laughs) reacting the way that like any sane audience member would react and be like, yeah, like, why are you guys doing this? Like, no, like, like toward the end, like, you know, uh, Shailene and, and Thor are all like oh I love you like I thought you were dead oh. and then like Miles Teller's just like alright let's wrap this up because we don't have all day and then like he literally turns the camera and just like F-. like he just like says it and they have to like mute him because they're like oh, this, is a, this is a PG-13
0: movie you get you get, you get one F word I think he actually said it
2: I, I <laughs> guess you could say that he fully said it but uh, like his reaction I think was genuine I think that was ad-libbed and they are just like we'll keep it in <laughs> uh, Like I, I just imagine Miles Teller showing up to set and he's just like all right, so, um, yeah, the script, um, I didn't learn any of the lines. I'm just going to say whatever comes to me. <laughs> because, like, his opening, like, his introduction in this movie is literally, like, him trolling. He's just like, oh, hey, look, a rainbow. And then he, like, grabs a chick's plate. <laughs> <Like,
0: laughs> anyway, anyway, he was making fun of there. But, yeah, anyway, yeah, let's, let's get back. Let's just,
2: anyway, I'm just saying, God bless the sequel yeah, soon let's,
0: enough. Let's, let's divert from Carson's explanation of the first, of the first film. And let's I'm go just to saying.
2: Steven. I was thankful for Miles Teller at least being in this movie a little bit more than the first movie.
1: (laughs) All right, Stephen, what did you think of Divergent? I thought Divergent was like a a wet blanket, basically. It It wasn't something I could hate except for how long it was, but it was just like so clearly a copycat of better things, of like phoned in ideas, of things that have been done a million times. It's kind of like... It's like a combination of The Hunger Games with the Twilight aesthetic, where it it cranks up that teenage love, teenage girl angst thing to 11, and then it has some action. And what's weird, and what I'll get into more in in Insurgent, is that there's a sense in which it does what I wanted uh, The Hunger Games to do. I'm just realizing, God, this isn't what I wanted after all. Like, <laughs> what I really wanted from the Hunger Games, and I've said this all the time, is ethical dilemmas and real violence, and for Katniss to have to kill like people. Will, um, yes, yeah. yeah, for Katniss to have to kill innocent people. And just really wanted her to just like kill some children. And these these movies go real dark, and they really let Tris like just. F- kill shoot people <laughs> kick them out of trains like <laughs> all while like
2: m83 is playing and it's
1: all very serene i mean the first know. movie had like people in masks try to kill tris to no repercussion from above it's just like yep oh dauntless kids that's what they do and then <laughs> yeah. the next scene a guy stupid dauntless. Commits suicide Be brave, <laughs> a, a guy i'll commit suicide and then within like two minutes, she's having like a makeout scene with four for the first time, and they're flirting, oh, and they're like, "Hey, you do okay? Hot, bro. Yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take this slow." And just everything about the pacing, like so, Divergent ends with basically like a mass genocide of people being kneeled down, <laughs> yeah. and I believe they're starting to be shot. And while this but only is, begin, die. They, they do stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But while <laughs> so they're being shot, Shailen Woodley, like Tris, has time to pause and give her like little smirking, like, "I'm not dauntless. I'm Divergent." Like, dude, people <laughs> are being people are being murdered. <laughs> and you're, it's, it's the equivalent of the uh, from Lord of the Rings, like, "I am no man." Yeah, yeah, like, tons of innocent people, like, children are being murdered, and you're well, it's just like, having those are this, orcs, like, dude, quip off. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> And Anyway, I mean, the movie, it has some sci-fi themes. Like, the faction stuff has been done to death. It, it felt a lot like The Giver to me, too, the whole idea that you have, like, preordained tasks <laughs> that you need to Another achieve. Another film that I did not see. It felt like yeah, every I didn't see the film. movie. I, I read the book back in, like, third grade when oh, everybody dude, read it. The movie was bad. Yeah. yeah, and, and th- there's also just a sanitized thing about it, like, Tris never really bruises or bleeds, which is, I don't know why that bothers me, but there are, there are so many scenes where she's, like, getting the shit beat out of her, and people are saying, oh my god, you look horrible, but then, like, beastly or something, there's just, like, a tiny bit of makeup to indicate that something bad happened, but she's still, like good-looking Shailene Woodley with perfect makeup and perfect hair. Yeah,
0: like, there's that scene in the... I'll believe this if it wasn't in the first one. I'm pretty sure it was in the first one where, like, basically Miles Teller curb stomps her. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, he does. And she she wakes up and she's like, huh, that was weird.
1: Where am I? (laughs) And it's like, no, you're dead. (laughs) And also, so, so... She bit the curb. So I'm glad... You know, a part of me is glad that there is a film series that does have actually multiple female characters who kick ass for once but at the expense of all male figures being complete assholes like just the dumbest characters ever like yeah eric i I mean at least so i was taking notes while i watched diversion and at least now i know eric like does become just a bad guy but in in the first movie he's just like this Asshole with piercings and a neck tattoo and he just lets people almost die and Oh Giant and he, Courtney.
2: I, for, I was like, Wait who's Eric? And then I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, wait, Courtney. Okay.
1: shoot yeah. he shoots the girl in the leg. He says dumb things like while they're fighting, like, come on, start playing with each other. <laughs> I hate you you're <laughs> so, so dumb. dumb and then four from the very beginning well, you're, you're, you're was clearly primed
0: ha- you're supposed to hate jay courtney though. like i, I felt yeah, like he's... he was a very like he's like we are Dauntless
1: this is how he is yo and then like yeah, yeah, but just...
2: i think S- steven's argument is that everyone is like jay courtney gotcha, yeah everybody movie. like
1: four was clearly primed to be the romantic lead the gruff dude with the hidden past but he also just sucks like <laughs> towards the beginning when he's saying things like who told you you could talk to me like, what is yeah, wrong it's re- with you and he's
2: not a good actor either
1: it's like i would much rather see miles teller in the lead being yeah, just funny he's he's really not a good relatable actor i guess he fulfills the like the edward need in this movie of having like the yeah he has a the the romantic lead with the dark like the stone face and no emotion <laughs> um, yeah i guess that's what he does miles he- teller like we talked about is just He behaves completely irrationally. There's no way of understanding how he gets from point A to point B and how many (laughs) times he can flip-flop and people like somehow don't care. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's a lot I didn't like about the first movie, but at least it still had that somewhat epic adventure feel where I feel like a teenager would probably have a fun time with it. Uh, It didn't anger me the way that possibly sequels angered me.
2: I, I will say the the scene that that made me uh, realize that at least the movie captured that that tone of being like like why a young girl would like it like that scene where they're all like in the first movie where they're all like hang wasn't they're not hang gliding but they're like ziplining down yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like all right I'll give them that that's pretty fun like the M eighty three songs playing I was like whole oh, yeah, oh, new
1: worlds playing the, the bad <laughs> CG <laughs> my, my inner twelve year old on broomsticks or something my inner
2: twelve year old girl's heart was fluttering I was like oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, and the just, music cues in the this movie are definitely very teenage girl driven. It's like oh, yeah. we've got Bonavere playing, then we've Ellie got Emmy playing. Yeah. It,
2: Ellie Golding when she walks into the uh the Gryffindor or the sorting room, whatever. <laughs> computer room. I was <laughs> like, Alright, I'm I'm down with this.
1: And I think I, I I can lob more criticisms, but I'll try to wrap them into insurgent. So, Chris, what did you think of Divergent?
0: Um, So, I I think I like Divergent more than both of you did.
2: Oh, man. (laughs) Um, He's diverging.
0: Yeah, I'm diverging. No, it's... So, here's... here's, I think here's why I enjoyed it. Um, Because, A, I expected, like, complete crap. And what I got was, like as you said, Stephen, a bunch of heightened versions of what we get in The Hunger Games, in, in, in a system that, like, it, everything felt like it was borrowing from somewhere else, but, like, they actually attempted to be dark and things uh, were, were there. Like, it, it was also, it had... So, the world building isn't great. They sort of shorthand everything and just, like, this is how things are, and we're not going to talk about it after this moment. Um, but it had tiny, very, very, very tiny um, feelings of sort of the... Uh, the first harry potter film where it's like hey welcome to our school this is how everything works and like while there was not nothing telling us information about the world which could have been interesting we are getting like this is this is our faction and this is the way this faction works and we're going to go do these things and it was kind of cool to see like cool this is like the combative faction and we get to jump off trains and dive down holes and this is how we kind of bring people up from the lower levels and It had enough little bits of interesting that I didn't expect from the film at all. So in the long run, I I kind of enjoyed it. There is a bunch of stupid stuff. There is, uh, you know, there are definitely things that feel like they're from every other YA movie that's out there. But at the same time, it felt enough interesting to keep me uh, not captivated is a way too strong a word. But like it it kept me interested um, as the film was going on even though it is like two hours and some odd minutes long. It, it I I enjoyed the process of working the way um through her I, I still want to call it the school to reference Harry Potter, but like through her training and stuff seemed interesting. I think Shailene Woodley is horribly cast in this. Mm-hmm. Um like I, I I mean, if I was just gonna work from the, the cast, like I think Zoe Kravitz would have made a much better uh lead in this film than her. Like she fit sort of the I know what I imagine the character would be like a little bit more in my eyes, just basically looking at just the, the people they had already cast. Um, mm. I just felt Shailene Woodley was like very, like there's a scene in the first film that is absurd where she's doing like the double punches against the punching bag and like it's not moving at all. And she's like, mm-mm, mm-mm, and she's like slap <laughs> fighting with it. And like, there's no, like in the scene where she fights Miles Teller, I'm like, she's dead. There's no, like this, there's no context in which this scene works, even though you have uh whatever the guy is that you guys keep make fun of, making fun of even though he's like oh, oh Jai Courtney no no not Jai Courtney the other guy um 4 yeah 4, oh, four. yeah, yeah. Okay. even though 4 is like okay remember what i told you he's going to move his foot before he swings so make sure you attack first hit him in the neck and disable him and blah 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 even with that like that like coaching there's no way she would beat him in a fight any anyway, if he let her swing at him I was not convinced at any point in, in that film that if Miles Teller just tied his hands behind his back and put on a blindfold that she'd be able to win that fight. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think that aspect is missing from that. But I think in general, um, just the, if this was like the first episode in a television series where she was joining Dauntless and she was going to learn to be one of them and all that kind of stuff, I, I was entertained enough and I thought compared to most of the YA um, stories, I felt that like it did have a little bit of an epicness vibe to it, and like if you look at the context of that film with that like mass genocide that's going to happen at the end of it, compared to say I don't know the newest Hunger Games film where like they're try- they're like people are sacrificing themselves to explode a dam that's going to wipe out a ton of good and bad people. Like when you look at those things in comparison. Uh, Divergent actually has weight to it Like deaths mean something in that film The other film it's like It's sort of just people dying And you'll never know who those are And it doesn't really matter As long as Katniss is still alive Everything's happy So I think that like I think that in Divergent it Everything is set up in, in a better way Than it is in, um, in, uh, in Hunger Games and I think if you're comparing those two films Like I would much rather Like even having seen all those Hunger Games, like I, I, not basically walking into Insurgent, I was more positive in my head than I will be if we go see the end of the Mockingjay series. Oh like, my gosh! It's like there's at least I get what Divergent is going for compared to like Hunger Games, where I'm just like sick of it now. So that's, it is kind. Oh, okay, I, I was just gonna say that that's as glowing as a review as I'll give it. <laughs> <laughs> It is
2: kind of r- ridiculous though how great uh Shailene Woodley is in in other things like Spectacular Now and The Descendants and then how terrible she is in these movies. Well
1: yeah. and I think that's the problem is she she can only play Amy Finicky like that is that is who she is in every movie. Yeah. Like I I didn't even see The Fault in Our Stars but at least the conversation in the trailer is the same as The Spectacular Now. It's well nothing that special about me. <laughs> you know. And, and that just is not <laughs> Well, that, I actually that, think, is, that is a well, very tender character, like, archetype to play, and it is not the archetype that kicks ass and leads groups of people to victory. Yeah, but did you see The Descendants? Yeah, or, yeah, I saw her in that.
2: Yeah, or, or even, like, uh, she did that one movie that came out, uh, White Bird and a Blizzard. Like, she had, like, a more tough type of character in those movies, I think, that, like, was way more of a personality that her character in these movies needed
0: than, than in this movie and, and here, here's a, a random question is is the whole reason her hair short in this film simply because she was filming it around the time she was filming fault in our stars or like is yeah because like i i turned turned to my friend before the movie started and i was like all i know is this but this film better freaking explain why she has short hair in this otherwise i'm gonna be pissed and it was like a half, <laughs> it was a half joke And in the very first freaking scene of this movie she's like well i'm just gonna cut my hair and i was like i'm to a pixie hell? cut
2: That would have been so uh, hilarious if Chris is like, must avoid. They didn't explain why she didn't
0: cut her hair. Well, no, like it it was just one of those things where like in the trailers, it's like she has short hair now. But like at the end of the last movie, she had long hair. And I was like, yeah, it was a joke. But it was one of those jokes where it's like, I don't really care. But at the same time, like, I want them to at least come up with a good explanation for cutting the hair. It was like she just like, yeah, I felt like I needed to change.
2: It was purely because she did Fault in Our Stars before this and she had short hair still
1: oh, yeah. and, didn't, and want, really, didn't want to wear a wig. They did definitely tie that into the young adult vibe where they have the scene where four, like, for no reason it's like, I got a haircut. I just thought I needed something different. Do you like yeah. it? Oh, yeah. yeah, it's just a... A little different, you know. That's like, yeah, this uh, <laughs> hair's a little. No, divergent. no guy ever likes your pixie cut. This well, has it, been established by
2: all teenage boys forever. She was just diverging, you know, her hairstyle with that dead
1: rodent on her head. Yeah. <laughs> lucky he wasn't in candor <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the the really funny thing though about it is like you know the, the excuse i just needed to change you just left the faction <laughs> after leaving your born faction to go to a faction which you didn't think you belonged in now you've had to run away with that because a threat on your freaking life and now you're living with these hippies in a weird commune like yeah you've had enough change you don't Got need to, to change woman
1: yeah but that that's the weird thing i mean just like the the last movie it emphasizes a lot like the scene of getting a tattoo and oh what do your tattoos mean getting your hair <laughs> it, it's very directly it channeling okay. teenage okay. angst so and here, teenage here, rebellion
0: here's another thing let's talk about in the first film because since we we're allowed to spoil that um like so <laughs> the big the big thing is like hope nobody figures out that i'm divergent so her boyfriend four has all of the frickin' factions tattooed down his back. To me, you don't do that <laughs> unless you're divergent. So they kind of make you think that he's divergent also, but then for some reason he's not divergent, but then he still doesn't succumb to the serum because he's walking around not under control of it. But like but then they get him with the serum after the fact. So how did he escape the first serum if he isn't divergent?
1: And then I I, I think he didn't get uh get injected the first time because she can't see him in line when they're all getting injected but why would he not i, I think be he managed injector. to avoid that like he hid it, it, I, th- it's, I think that's what they were getting at if,
0: if you're like second in command in your faction and the first in command wants you to be injected i, I find it hard <laughs> that like somebody be like anybody seen four four anybody see four <laughs> he
1: probably got injected already <laughs> yeah who knows yeah, I I don't know, I don't know the whole tattoo thing, but nobody will ever see him shirtless because you know he's waiting till marriage and they're taking <laughs> it slow and he still has space <laughs> on the floor. So totally, very clean.
0: <laughs> anyway, should we start talking about Insurgent now that we're thirty minutes into this episode?
2: Yeah, yeah, probably. Although, although, real fast, um, my girlfriend said that Shailene Woodley's uh, haircut in this they look like they gave her the Zachary Ty Bryan from Home Improvement, <laughs> which I thought was true. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that 90s sitcom haircut with the frosted tips by the like, way is it a is it a prerequisite in this choice. movie
1: that you have to have been a romantic lead opposite of shailene woodley no in that's order what to be i said it? like
2: all of her lovers are in this movie they're all in it together
1: yeah
2: even uh even uh they even got ashley judd and tony Goldwyn in it zing <laughs> kiss the girls they're totally lovers in that right
1: <laughs> anyway anyways that was,
2: that was a tony Goldwyn was a serial killer and he really liked Ashley Judd and kidnapped her. Anyway, like, you've seen <laughs> Kiss the Girls. You thought it was funny. Yeah,
0: I haven't seen it, so I didn't think it was funny. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so, Carson, now that, we're, now that we're towards the end of this episode, <laughs> uh, <laughs> why don't you let us know what she thought of Insurgent, or the Divergent series, colon, Insurgent.
2: Did, is that what you said when you bought your ticket? Did you have to say the full title? <laughs>
0: no, I didn't say. Or that. did you
2: just go with insurgent?
0: <laughs> I just went with insurgent. I, I, I thought okay, about good. it. I thought about it, <laughs> but I figured if I st- like halfway through saying the word die, somebody would have been like, "You mean insurgent?" So I, I Dude, didn't. Uh...
2: No, I thought of you last weekend when we went to see uh, Cinderella because um, we went to see it at the Vista in L.A. Here, which is only one one theater, one screen. Yeah, and so obviously. You're not going to say what movie you're going to see because, you know, they know what movie you're going to see. Yeah. Um. So these two dudes in front of us were like totally just trolling. And they were like, can we have two for Disney's Cinderella, please? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe think of you because because I like the whole title. Yeah. Yeah. Which, is, but why, it was which also... is why I
0: never saw any of the Percy Jackson films in theaters. because <laughs> I was like, This is going to be way too difficult for me.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyway, so oh, uh... what did you think of Insurgent?
2: I actually liked Insurgent <laughs> marginally better than the first movie, which isn't saying a lot. But I, I thought they were both on the same level. But I liked this one marginally better because at least it was about a half hour shorter and it moved a lot quicker. Which was, that was a big plus because I think the first movie was very, very slow. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was even shorter because on Run-P it said there were there were 11 minutes of credits. So I was like, Sweet. Um, but yeah, like (laughs) I, I, no
0: post credit (laughs) scene,
2: no, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, like I felt like this movie was a lot more fluid. Um, so that helped to keep, you know, the movie going because like the problem with these movies is just like, everyone's just standing around like over explaining things and, uh, it's, it's not interesting to watch visually either because they all look like these other YA movies. And I and when we get into spoilers and talk about what I know we're going to talk about, um, I feel like all these movies, like, they're just going to come to a point where it's like they're going to have one giant crossover YA movie where it's like Katniss and Triss and the Maze Runner people. Cat- Catris. Catris. <laughs> I feel like they're all just going to come together and it's like, one big movie. Anyway. Um, uh, yeah, like, I, I just feel like with the... Uh, with the more screen time of of Miles Teller being Miles Teller was was a bonus, and um, there were I don't know there were certain things, especially like in in the ending, it made me laugh. But um, I yeah I mean there's not a whole lot to say other than it's like it's very convoluted to the point where there's a there's a moment at the end where like Shailene is trying to explain to four like what why she has to get back into the divergent simulation and he's just like huh scally face and and she's just like i know it doesn't make any sense but trust me and you're like that's this whole movie they're like i know it (laughs) does i know none of this makes any sense but just go with it okay we've made it this far but
0: in that point in time her decision makes sense
2: i guess yeah but like, I like mean, so
0: I, your your analogy works but it's not a perfect analogy because in the context of the film we know what she knows he does sc- scully face, whatever you're calling him
2: <laughs> yeah like Scullyface doesn't Scally know
1: face. But... it's a great name for him he should be called stiff by the way i don't even <laughs> yeah, remember <he> why should... <laughs> she's called stiff
2: yeah why is she the stiff she has more personality she than makes him. Stiff. oh that's why but, you know it is he sort of amazing right
1: ever he used to turn his head away
2: it I is couldn't sort of, call
1: her Woodley because it'd be too <laughs> confusing.
2: Too on the nose. But it is sort of amazing that all these great actors in this movie, and Miles Teller is like the only one who comes out with a personality somehow.
0: you um, <laughs> are you saying her brother doesn't have a personality? <laughs>
1: no, no. You're saying there's no internal logic that dictates how many times he flip-flops in, in these two movies? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, is but, that but what you're
0: saying? You're forgetting that there isn't a faction in this future that involves personality. <laughs> no, no. That was actually Um, the downfall of all human civilization was that nobody had a personality anymore and it was only certain characteristics of people that allowed the world to survive.
2: Yeah, but I mean, you know, we talked like how terrible Shailene is in this and like you got great actors like Kate Winslet and Naomi Watts and they're basically just stand-ins while their money clears, I guess. Okay,
1: Um, so let's talk
0: about Kate Winslet. So do you not like you don't think she's passable in her role?
2: I mean, she's fine, but I mean, she could be doing a lot better. I mean, they could be using her talents a lot more than just standing around going like, "just, just hold on, she can make it." Like, I don't know.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, th- in the in the context of that scene specifically, maybe maybe that is a weirdish scene. But I think she, I think she did a fine line of of not being overly like like a, a like a cartoon villain, but still being very like.
1: Very composed, but clearly psychotic, kind of. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, she, I, I, I think pretty, she's pretty bland. I mean, given the source material, she does a good job, but the character is just written in such a weird, yeah. cartoonishly evil, or at least naive way. And it's way written
2: so, like, flatly, you know. It's
1: very much like, we must follow no matter what. This is how society functions. I am rigid. I cannot change the end. that's hard to do the, anything with But that. that's
0: the way that the faction system was created. Like, I... I in context of this universe, I think that's that's perfectly acceptable. I think that's the way, like, society only functions because the people in each faction behave exactly like that faction should. That's why divergence are scary because they threaten that system. Like, we need a group of people that are only on- honest. We need a group of people that are only brave. Well, theoretically we do, but in the context of this society, it doesn't make sense why we need a warring faction. Um, but, like, it seems like that was very much... Um, it made sense to me because, like everybody exists in a world where they think that the society only functions because everybody has this role it's sort of like a height like heightened not in quality but heightened as in uh taken even further it's like it's like a uh snowpiercer type thing where it's like you have to exist in each section of the train because that's the only way that this this can survive except for unlike in snowpiercer there are each each section of this group each faction instead of train car has like a legitimate purpose that keeps society running so it's I I I bought it in in this universe. Um, It wasn't perfectly executed, but I I thought it totally made sense.
2: Yeah, but I think you can have Woodley written characters. Thank you, um, (laughs) and still have them be interesting. She rewrites all the characters. Yeah, no, I I feel like they they could still be interesting. You know, they just need uh, to
1: be more of a shower and less of a teller about all. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, there we
2: go. (laughs) Which is which is what all
1: these movies think we're going to get miles out of this
0: uh, joke.
2: but yeah like i feel like you could still have her be this like wooden evil person and have it come across interesting than what it is here yeah um but uh now i don't remember oh well anyway the the movie i think is uh is overall it's it's pretty boring at least it moves faster and um There was something else I was going to say, but now I can't remember. But, uh, oh, 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 like what Steven said about the first movie, you know, how, like, there's a lot of people dying, like, just horrible deaths. And, you know, everyone's just, like, blasé about it. Like, oh, just, you know, next scene is just people having sex or, you know, trying to, like, just be whatever about it. And uh, I feel like this movie takes it up even more because there's scenes where, like, there's a lot of just, like, Point blank capping, like gangster style in this movie. <laughs> like Jai Courtney, like literally just caps people and he's about to cap a kid. Yeah, and like this is like a girl. YA movie. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Christ, man.
0: That, that was pretty, like, I don't want to say rad, but I mean, I, I, I felt that was ballsy for a <laughs> YA movie, PG <PG-13 laughs> 13 YA movie, to like literally point a gun directly at a
1: child's head and be it, like, it's well, so this like, is going to happen. It's so cartoon villainy, though, that like nobody yeah. else in his supposedly people are following orders because they believe in this ideal Yeah, and nobody in, like, his group is stopping him from capping a little girl? Like, that's ridiculous. That's
0: pretty ridiculous. And, of course... But, I mean, the context of who the little girl... It wasn't just, like, a little girl who, like, hit him. It was, like, a girl who, like... He's insane, but nobody wants to mess with him. That's
2: awesome. Yeah, but it, and it's that, also they
0: know that in the future he's going to be in charge of the human race when the robot <laughs> machines rise up. So, obviously, yeah. <laughs> so they're like, you know, I, I'm sure he knows what he's going to do.
2: But it's weird how like his character is clearly evil, but like nothing in the first movie or leading up to in this movie would ever think you would ever make you believe that he would like just point blank cap a child. Well, You're it, just is like his Whoa. character
0: truly evil or is he truly dauntless? I don't know, dude.
2: He's in the hot topic fashion. My, fashion.
0: Mine explosion right there. <laughs> <laughs> you saying he's really into SpongeBob SquarePants? <laughs> yeah.
2: But um, uh, yeah. Like I thought, and of course, like the very end, which we might talk about in spoilers, is like. Dude, like, that's like stone-cold gangster style. That's like Joe Pesci getting capped in Goodfellas or something. <laughs> but uh, that's like, damn, that's brutal. Like, to end your movie like that? Like, why, come see the next movie? Like, here you go. <laughs> it's like, shit, man. Um, which is, like, that sort of tone is weird. Like, I, I know, like, that was the my biggest complaint about Red 2, which is like, all these people just getting killed, and then, like, you know, they're them cracking wise. Like, I feel like there's it's a tone that's like very hard to balance and this is where i'll throw in that uh shane black does it extremely well um <laughs> in all of his movies like they they're able to get that tone where it's like well, i guess in it, this it's future, in this fantasy world
0: in this future there is no christmas so shane black isn't a factor
2: <laughs> and it's funny that chris quoted shane black in the last in the run all night mm-hmm. episode and i totally missed it to which i'm paying for it. my Girlfriend was just like, "How are you so stupid that you didn't call him out on this?" Well, in all fairness, like, she no. said that to you a lot. He's like, "No butt sex for you for a whole month." <laughs> um, so it was like, but yeah, like when Chris was like, "I'm I'm getting too old for this shit," I, I feel like. Uh, it was funny, like when when he didn't respond to the comment. I was like, Chris is furiously going back and watching all of Shane Black's movies no. <laughs> to figure out what it was. No, because I had no idea what it was.
0: <laughs> I didn't remember what I said, what section it was.
1: Uh,
2: yeah, it was. I'm getting too old for this shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. A
1: belated slow clap for Tootin' Common, by the way. Yeah. I just <laughs> want that to be on the yeah. podcast. Th- thank you.
2: That was that was good. I was like, yeah. Anyway, um, Insurgent is not a good movie.
0: <laughs> you started off by saying you liked it.
2: Well, no, I said I, I liked it marginally better than the first movie, which is to say that I still didn't like it, I mean.
0: All right. Well, thank you for your candor, Carson. Let's, okay. Let's good. go on
1: to Steven. Yeah, so I, I will give this movie props for being shorter. I think we can all agree this movie is shorter and it moves much, <laughs> yes. much more quickly than the first movie, which is nice, though I also... I watched the first movie while I was also having a drink and doing like four loads of laundry. So oh. the first movie was nicely broken up and the second movie I did not get that luxury. <laughs> so, yeah. Well,
0: I, I saw the second movie with about 500 high schoolers, so it felt a lot longer to me. <laughs> yeah, I
1: saw it in an almost empty IMAX 3D auditorium. <laughs> yeah, I went, my theater was pretty much empty too. I think there were like two other people. So you got I you went to like it. the 11 a.m. show
0: or something. Yeah, like I went Yeah, I went at 10.45. You got to see it in the morning, Chris. That's how you do, man. I, the Timing didn't work out for me. You guys saw it factionless. I had to see it as like lameness. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, no. And so it- I have a serious question, though, even though I was giving Steven a hard time for seeing IMAX 3D. Was the 3D any good? Because uh, this obviously wasn't shot in 3D. But you could tell I- there were points like even like when the uh, the logos are coming up in the beginning. Where it's like many entertainment, it's all like the cubes. Like in my my first thought was just like, oh, they did this because
1: it's in three d. Well, I, uh, the t- the test scenes where particles kind of like dissolve and fly away, those looked okay in three d. They were fine. I I didn't really think about the three d much at all in the movie, though. Mm. It it wasn't that noticeable, I guess. Yeah, I figured it wasn't. Which is one of the best things I can say about three d done after the fact is I didn't notice it. <laughs> Because it can get a whole lot worse than that.
0: Yeah. I, I have to imagine, though, that, like, all those scenes, because they're super clean, like, very... Everything's white except for these, like, tentacles, like, flying around and, like, the the visualization of her in the test where it's, like, as you said, like, the particles, but it's, like, a three-dimensional cube representing the space she's existing in, in that...
1: Like, I thought that that had to, had to look pretty cool in 3D, but... It, it, it was immersive enough. It, look, it looked pretty good. Um, I wouldn't give this too many props for the, the visuals or the CG in general, yeah. but that looked okay it it was pretty video gamey like poor video game i I will say there there was one shot that
0: i thought was super impressive and it was like literally like a a like 15 frame shot but uh when she's in the test at the end and she like climbs up like on top of the fence there's a shot where she's like grabbing nothing in midair in back in the room outside of the test and she like hoists herself up onto the ledge but there's nothing there i thought that looked like really convincing (laughs) i don't know i thought that was a badass shot Anyways, continue. I th- anyway, I think her
2: her is strapped in to the test. Was I mean, obviously, like the little like tubes or whatever were CGI. I mean, that looked convincing.
0: Yeah. The, the, the you mean the Matrix shot? <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. She was all Doctor Octopus know, shot.
0: Yeah. She was all hooked in. She was she was reinserting herself back into the Matrix so it could be reset um, yeah. in order to reestablish the simulation. Well, I mean, She
2: is she is the one. She's a yeah. hundred percent. Ergo concordantly. Right. She's keeping
1: Vis-a-vis. it one hundred. Yep. <laughs> She's divergent. anyway i think so the thing that bothers me about both of these movies but i think particularly shines in this movie is the lack of like character depth or relatable emotion and motivation for why characters do different things so i think like the quote that stuck in my head from the first movie that kind of summarized her relationship with other characters especially four is i killed him i killed al come here (laughs) okay let's go (laughs) that was like the big tender tender scene that made it okay and then nobody ever thinks about al again the guy who committed suicide because you were mean to him and i Um, didn't even remember that from the first movie yeah i i wrote it down the moment i saw it well in in all fairness he didn't commit suicide because
0: she was mean to him he tried to kill her and then committed suicide so I, i just
1: mean i they they threw out a dark subject and then let it just vanish in an instant because the the stone-faced uh, eyebrow dude gave you a hug. Yeah. And they yeah. told you, well, like, I mean, okay, they, let's go.
0: They do that in this film, too, in a scene where, like, her and Zoe Kravitz are having a fight yeah. with each other. And she's like, no, stop. I'm going to talk to you. But I have no dialogue written here, so you can go now. And then <laughs> no, she goes exactly. in the very next scene. like
1: They're like, f- completely forget that just happened. And and that's kind of my, my representative bit of dialogue from this movie would be, I killed him. I killed Will. I, I hope that's not a spoiler. She did kill Will. Everybody oh, yeah. Everybody well, knows if they saw the, the first movie, in the, first the movie. candor right. test. Yeah. yeah. I killed yeah. him. Yeah. I killed Will. Zoe Kravitz, go. Then the next scene, we're all okay. <laughs> Let's never talk about Will again. Yeah. Also- Well, I, well the, it was
2: the, weird because like the next scene was, or one of the next scenes was her being all- uh, she was about to kill herself. There was another suicide, attempted suicide yeah, in this
1: well, movie. Let's, let's not talk about that, because that's spoilery. Yeah, yeah. Well, it will avoid spoilers. But th- anyway, this movie, <laughs> in, in the process of her being so guilt-ridden about these three deaths, the deaths of her parents and the death of Will, she is responsible for killing, like, point-blank so many other people that yes. she could yeah. not care less about. Yeah, yeah. And that, uh, like... There's a scene towards the beginning, I think I mentioned, where Project Almanac kid, uh, there's a fight on a train, and you see multiple people die, like, clearly die at the the hands of Shailene Woodley, and in the next scene, everybody is A-OK, and they're friendly, and it's like a dinner conversation, and those kind of things, like, the the weight of the fact that the people she kills are not all clear evil, just because one happened to be a friend of hers, Yeah that that puts like this movie in a super ethically weird place <laughs> where there's like and I mean like other characters too uh we don't need to name names but there are multiple times where a bad guy is shot point blank execution style and there's no repercussion for that like the yeah. the movie is um at least plausibly with absolutely no subtlety about forgiveness and about the virtue of not meeting hatred with hatred yeah but that's only given as, like, a a kind of little cliched hallmark greeting card of, oh, you should forgive people. Well, because in <laughs> all of their actions and in all the way they treat each other and their sense of justice, then they could not care less about whether or not you kill bad people. Yeah. Like, they'll just kill them. They it, just it, will it. choose to not kill... Certain bad people who further the plot along by virtue of not being killed and the weirdest part too about all those situations is
0: specifically the relationship be- between her and Zoe Kravitz's character because her character um, Was born candor like so she comes <laughs> from like this like radical truth upbringing so like, in, in a film where these were all college age to adult people going through the same situations, there would be, like, a whole subplot which would have to be devoted to that situation. Not only that she killed Will in the previous film, but that she lied about it to somebody who was born candor. Like, it, it there's, I don't know, there, there's, like, more stuff they could have delved into even deeper within the scenario of stuff that we're already complaining about that, like, kind of make the film seem weaker overall.
1: Mm-hmm. I, don't, I just realized both this and The Hunger Games have a Kravitz. That's kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's a thing you need now if you're in a sci-fi future. Yeah, <laughs> totally. The well, well, Hunger Games had a Kravitz. But, yeah, and it, did. And it,
0: <laughs> it it's more diverted from the rest of the he series. Yeah, diverted
1: from the series. <laughs> so so ethic, ethically, I feel like I put this right up there with Mockingjay, where there's tentatively some emotional arc she's going through, And you see that through, like, scenes where she's crying and she's having trouble dealing with everything. But the movie doesn't support it. Like, it doesn't do anything that takes her on a journey and makes that arc feel at all like a payoff to me. It just... Even the the way it all resolves in the end, like, much of this scene, much of this movie takes place in simulations. I think we've hinted at that before. And her whole power in the first movie as far as I could tell, was not that she's good at everything, but that she's able to realize she's in a simulation and manipulate the world in like unfair ways. Yeah, And that is just completely jettisoned here. But all the stakes still take place in a world where she knows she's in a simulation or she should. So everything about being honest and being forgiving and being loving, like it just rings totally flat to me when I keep in mind that she supposedly knows where she is this whole time. Like, there are no stakes to being a loving person when you're in a simulation at all. Well, I, I, I think, so I think, I
0: think, and I'm probably inserting way more than is even in the books for this, but I think the idea of the, of the simulations is not that the people don't know they're in it. It's that the thing the simulation is attacking overrides your basic, like, you can't calm yourself because that aspect is what makes up, like, 90% of your personality and it takes over. So if you are brave... Its fear is the thing that overrides all logic and everything. So you can only respond to that in a a bravery. Like the only way to overcome that fear is strictly through bravery, not through intelligence, not through peace, not through anything else. Like if you are dauntless and you are getting a dauntless test, it's the only thing that will override that. That will let you out of it is is that. So I think there's her her ability. Her she's not technically neoing it. She is. Just able to defeat the like by being divergent by having this this centered self of all these different things. Like she's able to just. It's like basically like um. Uh, what's the the test that I'm going to get like excommunicated from geekdom for not knowing the name in Star Trek? The one that Kirk oh K- Kobayashi, yeah, Kobayashi Maru. Yeah. Like yeah, he defeats this unpassable simulation by cheating. Essentially, Divergents are cheating the system, where this, this the system. Allows them to win by simply like overriding it with a uh, like centered self of all the different things.
1: But so in the first movie, that is true. In this movie, that is never brought up as her strength at all. And in fact, all the visuals support that her strength and the reason she's good at simulations have nothing to do with the ability to cheat or yeah. yeah. So so get around so the, the, the things
0: test. that she's being tested in. So there there there's two tests used in this film, um, and we might I'll try to say this in as least spoilery as I can. One is wait. Does she do the divergence? The in the first film, she's hiding the divergence, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So in in the first film, even in that test, she's not tr- she's not she she's purposely trying to win it the way you're supposed to. So mm-hmm. that's similar to in this the test she's taking specifically can only be beat in these forms. So so the idea is, um, it's this test. You're not just passing. It is the highest form of. Of any of the types of factions. So it's one test that contains all the factions in it. So for a normal person, they could pass their they could they could probably easily pass their form of the, the test, but they
1: would fail all the other ones. So she I, I guess so like I, I see that I, I just mean at a thematic level. Yeah. yeah it yeah. felt like they brought up this strength of hers in the first movie and then jettisoned that for an entirely different type of strength in the second movie. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. felt weird to me. Uh, but anyway, the the problems in my mind go way beyond this. It's just all interpersonal things in these movies feel so haphazard and with no internal logic. I mean, I mentioned I actually disagree. I feel like Miles Teller was not great in this. It's not his fault. I feel like he was just given a really dumb role. Yeah, and yeah, his guy and the the ways he flip flops like. I couldn't figure out why he was on the train at all at the end of the last movie and the beginning of this. Like <laughs> yeah, no, it, I was like, it, it what, make the, sense. what the hell kind of role reversal happened where he is here now. Um her brother's character is just like a complete empty vessel for like stupidity. He just it makes no <laughs> sense the way he behaves and But he is and, erudite, like, and, right?
2: Yeah, he's supposed to be the smart one. Yeah. He Yeah,
1: he's the smart one and instead he's like completely incapable of recognizing how dumb he's being <laughs> well yeah like, they're they're
0: basically they're they're like the rip off of the Vulcans where like they just <laughs> they just like are trying to be like super intelligent and yeah. do everything logically and for him he sees he buys into Kate Winslet's like mindset of how
1: the world works and he is just trying to do the most intelligent thing that he sees he just happens to be misinformed the the biggest problem for me in this is the relationship between uh, Tris and Four, because so Shail- Shailene Woodley, I think she's miscast as an action star, but she's still like a very a good actress who plays a particular type of role very well, and that role like makes on her end the romance is very tender and all the emotions are very like intimate and very realistic, if not true to an action star character. And then she's paired with this like silent, hunky douchebag, like just this dude who, (laughs) who brings nothing to the table. He has no emotions. He even says in the first movie, like kindness is the one he's still working on, which I (laughs) don't know why teenage girls need to have this be their, the guy they want is the guy who doesn't care about you, like the guy who's incapable of kindness. What's Fifty Shades of Grey? It's
0: the the fantasy of changing
1: him. Yeah, the fantasy of converting him. Uh, but yeah. it just makes all the. He's a blank space, and she's got to write her name. <laughs> the big emotions, <laughs> <laughs> kind of, kind of like uh, like Katniss in Mockingjay. There are big emotions where like the weight of the world is on her shoulders, and these are supposed to be meaningful. And that pairing, and the, just the people she's surrounded by, and the way she plays it, makes it all feel like whiny and insignificant in a way that just r- really I was not vibing with in this movie.
0: What the film does, though, is it it's it's a reverse Katniss. So Katniss knows what needs to be done, but she doesn't want to be the one to do it. And Shailene Woodley's character, she doesn't know what needs to. Be. She just wants to kill Kate Winslet. That's the only thing that she's like. She doesn't care what happens to the rest of society. She is completely like trying to undo the the mass genocide that half happened in the previous film. So it's like it's almost like an exact opposite situation as Katniss, where Katniss is forced into being the role that. Um, the world wants from her and she's not really her whole journey is all about trying to figure out how to be that and in this it's sort of a soul journey and she's using the power of the people around her to try to accomplish her goal in a way like she's blinded by one simple ambition and happens to be like interacting in a world that's much uh, heavier than what she's experiencing but all she really cares about is accomplishing this one single revenge
1: right I I can see them being Kind of inverses of each other, but both of them have this same flaw of treating like very weighty issues, very, very like real weighty emotions as kind of discardable things that become teenage melodrama. Yeah. And I feel like that. In both movies, that just rubs me the wrong way. And plot-wise, I, I tried just as an exercise to write out the plot of what happens in this movie, and it just goes all over the place. Like, go here, get on a train, go here, go back here, get attacked, <laughs> That's a whole go movie. back, go back there, go here. And the final act and the way that things occur, if you think of, at the end of the movie, if you think back to, like, what happened in the final act, so much was inconsequential of the things that they chose to do and the way that they chose to, like... I, I can't talk about without giving away spoilers. But anyway, the pl- the plot didn't feel necessary to me, the way that things worked out here. It just felt like they had to kill time by having them travel back and forth when the the ending is almost a deus ex machina type of situation. Hmm. But since Chris is uh discussing the movie so much with me, I'm thinking he might have liked this. So, how did you feel about Insurgent, Chris? <laughs> well, so Insurgent, I think for for me it just sort of carries on
0: um at the first one. So, I mean, I I kind of enjoyed the first one on some level and and I I continued to kind of enjoy the second one on some level. I think everything that comes in spoilers kind of sours uh it it, it sours my my experience overall in the series simply because I think the Like, so there's this non-world building that happens where, like, it says there's this world out there. And because the structure of the film is is a girl who is working within the confines of, of one of these factions and just trying to work her way up in that faction, much like in the first Harry Potter, where it's just like, I just started attending this school and I don't really know how everything works yet, but I'm taking these classes and this is how things go. Like, so because the formula of the first film was one person experiencing one faction in a world... I didn't care that it wasn't able to fill out the rest of the world, but in this film we get we get layered on top of everything explanations for what the why there are these factions, who created those factions, and like like why each one has one specific characteristic. And the more you start to analyze the world and how it works, like it doesn't make sense. Like Divergence are actually like uh, coagulations of all the factions, so it's like they're not really diverting from anything. They're actually absorbing something from all of the factions so they're actually like convergence um so it like it there's a there's a bunch of things in the story that don't really make sense but when you when you take back all the layers of things that I should care about and just like get down to the little bits of story there are a bunch of like for for a YA film I think the film does a lot of interesting things and has a lot of really super dark moments. Um, one that Carson started to mention earlier that we put the kibosh on um, like moments like that are really interesting. Um, I think the fact that people are just capped like outright straight point blank is, <laughs> it gives this film a level of intensity that you don't see in other YA films. And I think that uh, it has problems for sure. Uh, but Compared to some of the other YA stuff that we're getting, I feel like the problems are, while, while the best point parts are sort of diluted versions of other stories, I think the worst parts are also diluted versions of other stories. So it's kind of like you get, when you sort of equalize the good and the bad, you get better than the bad in other films and not as good as the good in other films. So it, it, it becomes a film that I think is watchable. I think the universe is what was interesting until the end of it, <laughs> and I don't know. I, I like I don't I don't feel like I need to say a lot um, outside of spoilers just because I've been interjecting myself enough during your guys' reviews. But like I, I kind of enjoyed it, like I like I did the first one. Um, I as I've said already. Shailene Woodley, I could lose for sure in this film. And I think it'd be a better film. She's a fine actress overall. I just don't buy her in this role. Though she did have much more like, you know, her, there's a moment where she's fighting against somebody across the table with her at the beginning of this film, which, which felt believable compared to any scene where she was fighting in the first film. Uh, There's that scene where like, it's in the trailer where she's like just shooting a gun real fast as the train's coming, um, where like, in like, just the way that's set up, like she looks badass enough to believably be that character but i think that she just doesn't have the presence to really drive this character like she's not the full metal bitch you know like she is is, is being sold story-wise as sort of being the full metal bitch but she's not um
2: and also these movies aren't as well written as edge of tomorrow was
0: yeah yeah true i mean so
2: she doesn't have you know as much of a or deeper of a character i guess to
0: to play with yeah like I, i i feel like if you took this film if you took the plot beats of this film exactly as it is and transposed it to be divergent, the college years and just re-released it. Um, I think it would just inherently be a better film. Like if the characters were a little bit older and more able to understand the significance of, of their, their, uh, the plot beats that they're working their way through, I think overall it would have been a stronger film. Um, but for what it is, I didn't find it offensive minus standing a little bit. And, uh, I kind of enjoyed myself with it. So that's what I'll say about that.
2: <laughs> I mean, but go- going back real fast to, you know, we, we said about the, like the the themes of this, or not the themes, but like the fact that there's a lot of like dark stuff and violence and stuff. But I mean, I feel like that the, it could have been cool. Like it could have been handled really well, but it's just not. It just feels so clunky. Like we said, or at least I said, you know, that, it just doesn't seem to fit within this world that they've created, this sort of, like, teenage melodrama, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, people getting capped, or just mowed down, or whatever. It just is weird, like, it, and the fact that it's just all, like, so bloodless, and seems so, like, you know, that none of it is has any effect or anything, it just comes off really weird, and it
0: doesn't fit yeah, it, the real problem is just that, that the weighty moments resolve way too quickly and then are forgotten. They don't, yeah, they don't not, persist yeah. through the through the show. Like, if this was a series, then uh, you could carry that plot beat out. You know, Zoe Kravitz could be pissed at Shailene Woodley for, like, four episodes until some event took place that allowed her to, like, put, yeah. put their disagreement beside themselves and, like, learn that they need to love each other again or whatever. Like, you can do things like that in something that... that isn't trying to be cut down to film length, but
2: yeah, I mean, it's there's definitely no weight to any of the actions, and I guess they just think that you know the target audience won't care. They're just like they're just here to see you know the romance and the uh, the fighting.
1: And, yeah. and I think that that's one thing I don't like is I as much as I trash the Hunger Games sequels, especially Mockingjay, I don't feel like those movies underestimate their audience in the way that this movie does and maybe it's because the target demo here is like definably younger than the hunger games movies but yeah i feel like they're not giving people enough credit like the way that they weight teen romance equally with weighty topics and let them all be discarded just uh it would have been a much better series of movies if they could have somehow given it a little more weight than they did
0: And I think that was one of the almost strengths in Divergent over Insurgent is I felt like they... Obviously, the the quote-unquote sexual tension was there the entire film, but I felt like they didn't spend... You know, the camera would linger on her reaction to him catching her or something like that, but it wouldn't spend time with them talking about their feelings. It sort of just left that on the side of the events that were taking place. And then, obviously, Insurgent takes a turn away from that and spends, like, the first 15 minutes of the movie with them playing house on the prairie in some freaking, like, camp with a bunch of hippies. At and cafe then, gratitude. Yeah, and then... <laughs> And then, like, throughout throughout the movie, they keep taking all these times off to be like, I know we love each other, but, like, we really got to do this stuff, and, like, blah, 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 blah. Um, so, I think that if, if this film could have stayed more in line with what it was doing in the first one, then it could have been... We could have escaped some of that now. And high schoolers in my theater wouldn't have freaked out when things got heated, so to speak.
1: <laughs> oh, mm. yeah. Anyway, we, we should probably give our reviews so we can jump into spoilers. Yep.
0: So... Let's get to the verdict then. Carson, if you're gonna give this a must see, reckon over the caveat, wait for rental and pass with the caveat or a must avoid, what would you give it?
2: Um even though it was marginal I liked it marginally better than the first movie, uh it's still it's still pretty useless. Um I, I I'm gonna give it a must avoid. There's really not a whole lot uh redeeming in this movie, except the 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 tiny glee that I got from Miles Teller showing up and doing it, doing his thing, basically playing himself or the audience. But that was about it.
0: Yeah. Steven,
1: I think the first movie, despite me trashing it would have gotten a kind of weak wait for rental for me only because it did have some promise and, you know, you still get a little bit of that, that joy of being introduced to a world for the first time. Uh, I think being the second movie inherently gives you a tougher task that you need to execute, which is making the world remain interesting now that the novelty has worn off. Yeah, And I don't feel like Insurgent delivered on that despite being shorter. Um, but I also don't think it was a horrible movie. Like it did, it passed the time reasonably well and I wasn't, too frequently angry. I, I, I was very annoyed at the ethical dilemmas and at plot decisions that were made, but it definitely wasn't terrible. Um, So I think I would give Insurgent a pass with a caveat, the caveat being if you are a teenager or if you, if you found joy in the first movie, I think there's still <laughs> something uh-huh. to like here. It just feels like that something is very phoned in and... The fetishes these movies have with trains and jumping off of tall buildings and fake parkour is just kind of embarrassing.
2: It's still, it's still a thousand, it's still a thousand times better than Mockingjay Part One.
1: Yeah, and and it's also better than like any Twilight movie. Even if I do think Dauntless are all Jacob and the Wolves, basically, like, <laughs> yeah, dude, let's go, let's jump, backflip, all right. Jacob and the Wolves, uh, my my new, uh, new my name?
0: new emo band. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> Although I mean I will say that of all these dumb YA movies the first twilight like I I caught like the tail end of it on like FX not too long ago and like I'd forgot but like that movie like Catherine Hardwick nailed the the stupidity of like how a YA movie should be like like, you, like, if you haven't seen the first Twilight or don't remember it, like, go back and rewatch it. It's a hot plate of dicks. Like, it is <laughs> hilariously terrible. Like I'm, I'm going to
1: say only watch it if you are at a screening where people are doing live commentary true. for I mean, you.
2: Well, especially the sequels. Only watch it if
1: you really like a hot plate of dicks. Because yeah. I,
2: I feel like the sequels are super boring, like how these, you know, like mocking Jay and how these other movies are. But, like, the first movie was like, whoa. Like, just the way that she filmed it and everything was like... That's how all these movies should be—just, just ridiculous like that.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I'm going to give this a wait for rental. Uh, like I said, I think I liked it better than these other two guys here with us, and uh, I like the first one better than they did also. Um, but it's not really great. Uh, but I think it's like if you got to watch a like if you are going to watch this with like younger siblings and you have a choice between watching any of the other YA options out there, I think you're going to be hard pressed to find better of these YA titles or um, film franchises than the Divergent series um, and especially if you haven't seen any of them and you watch this you're not gonna like see all of the parts of those other ones that are in this one so it might even feel better to you uh, but yeah I, I definitely wouldn't rush out to see it uh, but if you want to complete the hand that is these two films <laughs> you feel free to go rent this one because uh, once it comes out I don't think it's that
1: horrible. So, Plus. and I am getting a tattoo of birds on my shoulder oh, now. Apparently, total, people are actually mine. doing that. Apparently, that's a real phenomenon.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm not surprised. I'm sure that everyone in the world has a mockingjay tattooed on their body. So, I'm, I'm every, sure, everyone a lot in of the world. Well, I do, do too, but equals you know. yeah. like young people
1: who I keep it covered up my... so people don't know I'm divergent.
2: Right. <laughs> I have, exactly.
1: I have symbols from all of the young adult franchises. <laughs> I, I don't my, just fit into one.
2: My birds are down by my taint, so it looks like it's flying out of my beehole. <laughs> some super divergent
1: yikes you're um, hardcore
2: <laughs> i'm super hardcore
1: it's my tramp stamp i
0: i i won't get tattoos because everyone knows i'm, I'm amity and i'm t- too much of a pussy to actually needle my body and you're, you're just
1: smoking ganja with octavia spencer out in some commune somewhere, exactly. pretty much.
0: All dra- what's funny is like I'm like I'm like the opposite of hippie, but I'm like a super pacifist.
2: <laughs> All hanging out in their cult like compound, yeah. furnished by Urban Outfitters. <laughs> I said that, and my girlfriend was just like, "That is an insult to Urban Outfitters. Don't drag them into the mud." It's like I don't know. It's the first thing I could think of. <laughs>
0: Alright, well I think everybody's probably about over with our candor. So should we end this episode and then get into
1: spoilers? Okay. Yeah, thank you for your candor. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I,
0: I do kind of like the truth serum though, I, I'm just going to say. <laughs> like, I, I like the
1: idea of it literally
0: hurts to tell a lie. But yeah. uh, let's, get, let's get to our goodbyes then. So Carson if people want to find you throughout the week, where can to do that?
2: Uh, you can find me taking the
1: divergent test and having it fail. um yeah steven uh you can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com and people can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl
0: you can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show if you want to know when the episodes go live you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoiler warning or like us at facebook.com slash the spoiler warning if you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at the You can use the contact form on our site. Uh, you can also jump off a train into a hole. Uh, mm, or you My can favorite. Call, <laughs> or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760 575 4TSW. That's 760 575 4879. If you were listening to that and you haven't actually seen the first movie, it sounds really mean that I was like, if you want to get a hold of us, you can jump in a hole. Uh, <laughs> but that's how you enter Dauntless. So. It's. It wasn't a, an insult. It wasn't like walk off a short pier or whatever. Um, right. But uh, anyways, so we are. Music is playing right now from the soundtrack to this. Uh, so hopefully you're enjoying that right now. But when this music, probably M83. Probably. And, uh, well, I'll, I'll make sure to pick the M83 track from the soundtrack when I put it in here. But, there was a
2: M uh, M83 song at the end, so...
0: Okay, cool. So that'll that'll be in here. But, uh, yeah, so when this music fades up, we're going to disappear. And when it fades back down, we're going to come back and we're going to be talking spoilers for this film. Um, hopefully not too long, but uh, stick with us. Thank you for listening. Thank you guys for joining me. You're welcome. You're welcome.
2: <laughs> Sorry, I was, like, I was like, oh, shit, it's my... <laughs> My It's my cue, baby.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, my cue to stop drinking water. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys in a bit.
1: We build a home. We are me from
0: All right, so we are back. We are doing somersaults off a train onto a roof to talk about spoilers. We have just landed in spoiler territory, the spoiler faction for the world that is the Spoiler Warning Podcast. And we are going to be talking about spoilers for Insurgent. So if you are listening to this and you haven't seen the film yet, or you care about the film, or you haven't read the books yet, uh, I think I'm mixing the categories of people that should or shouldn't be listening to this. But basically, don't listen to this if you don't want to be spoiled about Insurgent, because we are going to spoil things. And uh, I think Carson and I are talking about two different parts of the end, but I specifically want to talk about the reveal at Mm. the end of the film, not the shooting of Kate Winslet, but the reveal at the end of the film that... uh, the city that they all live in is actually an experiment by outsiders who live outside the walls. Um, right,
2: that's what I was referring to that too. Okay, cool. I, f- I figured you were going on the same path that I was. Okay,
0: yeah, because you made a reference again after you were like referencing me, but also talking about Kate Winslet being shot. So I.
2: Oh I, yeah, well that was at the very end when I was yeah. like, I can't believe they showed that, but
0: yeah. Right. Well, anyway, so so the joke that I that I whispered to my friend as the movie was starting is. Uh, so it was about to start. and I was like, oh, yeah, it's like time to get excited. And I turned to my friend. And I was like, just remember, Wicked is good. Um, <laughs> and which I don't, Stephen, you didn't end up seeing Maze Runner, right? No, I didn't. Okay, so we're gonna spoil Maze Runner for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry for people who are listening. Yeah. Should, well, he, he'll all... be uh
2: he'll be caught up once the uh, second movie comes out later this
0: year. True, but uh, I should probably also put a spoiler warning out there for Maze Runner because uh, we're gonna spoil that right now because it pertains to the ending of this film. Which now that I've told you, the spoiler warning is all in and of itself a spoiler. But who cares? Basically,
2: anything is off limits or on limits. Yes, yeah, we're on
0: limits now. <laughs> yes. Um, but so basically, at the end of Maze Runner. They discover that uh the maze system was actually just a test given to these people. And I don't even remember the real context behind it, but basically it was some sort of test. An organization put them in there to do something like the outside world was I don't I don't even remember.
2: The outside <laughs> world was basically this wasteland dystopia and they were trying to like i don't know
0: yeah they're trying to do something
2: spoilers guys yeah (laughs) (laughs) they were they they were like making doing all these tests with like you know these
0: teens that were tested on yeah so they're basically putting them inside there to figure something out and then at the end they escape and realize that that's the truth Um, yeah basically they all get picked up by outsiders who're like oh my god you guys are in in this test and now we have you now we're taking you to the real civilization so at the end of this film there's the big reveal that uh The outside world created these cities as a test, and they broke people into factions that all exhibit one characteristic of humanity, and that uh, they did it to force out—basically, the world was in— complete dire or whatever and it was like super screwed so they created these closed off cities with these factions that exhibit one characteristic of, of of human personality i guess and uh the idea would be that these divergence would emerge that contain the best of all of these factions and that those people would one day find the way out of the test and be able to return everybody to the fold with the remnants of whoever has survived whatever event took place on the outside world um and it's, it's it's basically the exact same this movie ends the exact same way that uh, that the maze runner ends. And it was hilarious because in the Maze Runner, these these kids have this phrase in their head, Wicked is good. And you know, you being the book reader or the audience are like, Wicked is good. That sounds weird. What is this wicked what is, what does Wicked is good mean? Is it like wicked bad and then like blah 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 blah. And at the end you find out that Wicked is actually an acronym for like this company. And that's the big reveal is that wicked is good, i.e. the company that has them inside the test is good. They're not really bad guys. They're trying to do something, blah, 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 blah. Um So my joke at the start of this film, inserting Mage Runner into it, was hilarious that it turned out Wicked was good by the end and that there was a civilization outside of the walls. Um, So what I want to talk about at the end of this thing is that this reveal... Let's even pretend that it doesn't exist in any other sci-fi story ever. This is the first time most... we'll, we'll We'll just pretend that that's true. My problem is that, like that's where the world building in this film starts to break down. And you, like, so... I'm fine with there being a you know post-apocalyptic scenario in which society is broken into these factions that believe that one aspect of a person is the thing that will save all of humanity. Right. So everybody's trying to build this utopia in a dystopian world, and you know some people think that if everybody is self- selfless, then everybody will be better. One one group believes that like fear is what has ruined everything. So if everybody's brave, every, every, one group thinks that if everybody's just intelligent about everything that'll make the world better. And I'm fine with. That being a case where people uh, like start to ally themselves together to create these factions themselves trying to better society, and then maybe those factions will war, excuse me, will war against each other as things start to get weird and junk like that. Like, I'm fine with that existing. The problem is they treat being faction born as though there's some characteristic inherently bred into you for that faction that exists to make you that way when that's not the case there's nothing in these stories that allow that to be a case it's not like a it's not like in say uh, avatar the last airbender where you're literally born with the power to manipulate one element. And because you are able to move Earth with this ability that you have, you become part of the Earth nation and you grow up with those people and you have their idea. Like, not only do you have the ideals of that society, but you happen to be able to physically move Earth with a magic power, basically. So this, they treat it as though being faction-born has some sort of thing like Being an earthbender, being a firebender, being a waterbender, but there's really no characteristic. Then, when you add into the fact that, like, a child, when they come of age, can choose, no matter what their stupid aptitude test says, to become one of those societies. Like, if you want to, I can just join the intelligence people. Doesn't matter if I'm smart, I can be part of the intelligent group because that's what I want to do. So, like, it, it throws out. There being like divergence doesn't mean anything in a world where you get to choose which faction you belong to anyways so like what is the aptitude test testing if there's no genetic markers that predispose you to actually technically be you know dauntless or ab abnegation or whatever so that, that that's what i want to say but go yeah.
2: ahead well no and you know what's funny is that so going back to the reveal this is uh um, this is the insight into my movie watching for Insurgent, and I was totally diverging from what Chris was thinking because I didn't even the maze runner ending didn't even enter my mind <laughs> <laughs> until after the movie and my brother jokingly texted me and was just like, how about that maze runner ending? I was like, Oh shit, yeah. Um, but so this is this is me watching the movie. So the, the box opens, right? And that, that video of the girl starts playing, who totally could have been Patricia Clarkson from The Maze Runner, and they could have had this, you know, that could have started the crossover movie. Yeah. But, um, so anyway, that that starts happening. And the first thing I think of in my head was like, oh my God, like these movies are like The Village, but for basic <laughs> bitches. <laughs> they basically just put all these people, and they're like, all right, we'll see who's basic and who's not. And then I, I expected, like you know, the video to be M Night like twirling his mustache, going like, <laughs> "What a twist!" <laughs>
1: yeah, I <laughs> like was gonna say the village hands. is definitely what I was thinking of when I watched <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: it. <laughs> but that's my that was my initial thought was the village. I was like, "Oh shit, this is like that."
0: Well, um, what what yeah. what if there was like a cabin in the woods esque film that was created where it turns out that like. All of these YA things are actually mini societies that were built in the future. Oh, when, like, dude. They're, they're just trying to figure out. Which way we can sustain humanity? So like, okay, what if we like build a maze awesome. and put all our kids in the maze? But then over here we're gonna build a city and we're gonna divide everybody into factions. Then over here we're gonna build a rich thing and then twelve districts around that that rich district and we're gonna make them all kill each other. And they're like they're, they're just coming up with these different scenarios to try to figure. These kids, we will put, like everybody who has magic powers, we'll put them in this school. And uh, tell them not to go in the rest of the world because the rest of the world doesn't have magic and they won't like you. So they put them over there, and like it turns out that these are all things existing in our real world. But
2: that would the be destroyed. I would I would slow clap them for that. Um, <laughs> it would be like it, like uh, my girlfriend and I were talking. And we we're like, wouldn't it be ridiculous or awesome if San Andreas ended with like the Rock just opening a door and going like, "All right, guys, we're prepared." He's like, "The simulation worked."
0: Dude, if that it, movie was, it ends was, that way, I'm gonna be so pissed.
2: It was all just like an earthquake simulator. <laughs> he like turns to the camera, just like, and that's how you stay prepared. I was like, I would slow clapping for that. He just,
0: the rock looks at the camera and is like, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.
2: <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, and and you know, like, uh, you know, if you if you listen to this this show, like, you know that I am not one to get hung up on plot points at all. But even in this movie, I was like, man, a lot of this is just really stupid. Like the fact that like Kate Winslet, they find this, they find this box and it can only be opened by Divergence and like Kate Winslet hates all Divergence and wants them eliminated. But yet she needs one to open this box. It's like how convenient.
0: Well, Um, that's okay. So I'm going to defend the crap out of that because that totally makes sense because it was being hidden by a Divergent parent. Like it's somebody who was themselves Divergent um yeah but they were
2: like but they were like hey janine we found the box like like they've been searching for it
0: yeah 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 but that's what i'm saying so like i think the the idea is that she believes wholeheartedly that all of the factions have always been against divergence and that divergence are the thing that will destroy humanity so they think that all of those people created this box which is the key to eliminating divergence and it so happened that um tris's mom had had acquired the box and had been hiding it this whole time so it's like she like I, i'm totally fine with that being the plot because that 100 percent makes sense to me
1: i just don't uh i don't see what she is hoping to get out of this because she already can kill like all the divergence like they have no skills yeah they can just point them... blank shoot them yeah, they have no skills <laughs> that make them good against her. And she keeps saying it's just because there is a message from the founders and she knows that somehow it will help them. But, but I And think... Shailene Woodley keeps resisting this, like pointing a gun at herself, not wanting to help her, when in the end she just wants to do the same thing and open it. I, it it just seems like a really weird thing to center the movie around.
0: Well, well so so it, it that's the the twist is that Shailene Woodley catches on and realizes that Kate Winslet is incorrect in what she thinks she's getting. So I think Kate Winslet sees it as possibly a cure, like a way to eradicate them in one fell swoop, like it's a it's a like not not to spoil the first Halo game, but it's almost like a Halo ring that has the ability to wipe out life within a certain sector that, you know, like it it's it's um uh, It's like a one-stop shop. It's like the Infinity Gauntlet. You can just, like, get it and then kill a bunch of mutants without doing anything. Like, it's a thing that might allow her to turn the tides, stop all divergence, without actually having to hunt them out systematically and invent spinning world technologies that uh, can, like, detect how divergent somebody is, which is one thing I can't believe you haven't brought up yet, Steven.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, that's stupid, but I don't care. (laughs)
0: Like,
1: you don't care about the, like...
0: Nine, I'm only ninety-seven percent divergent. Let me drink three Red Bulls, and then maybe I'll be a hundred percent
1: divergent. <laughs> it do, it doesn't make any sense, but no, I I didn't respect the movie enough to care about something like that. Gotcha. Because I, I thought that was really dumb. <laughs> I, what I don't understand is if so, her brother Caleb is like a big reveal—is that he's gone back to erudite and he's helping Kate Winslet kill her, basically? Um so, if he is there, why did so they get Miles Teller as the guy who knows how to fish her out because he knows her, yeah, and her own brother is working with them. So, a, why do they need Miles Teller when they have her brother? and b, if they have a mind controlled device that they can send a signal to everybody in the factions, why don't they just have them all gang up and try to kill her at once or something? Well, you have to why in- do this thing where like three people peop- Why do this thing where three people at a time commit suicide? Uh, because yeah, I, it, it's I, way more sinister When you make three people at a time And kill, also, kill themselves. If, if three people are on a ledge About to jump, why do only two people Run up to stop them
0: <laughs> I also,
1: like, Yeah, the girl in the middle got screwed Like, well, screw everybody else Who's just standing there shocked
0: well, 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 They were too shocked to move What was really awesome is that Four had actually run up And he did not even try to catch her <laughs> like, <laughs> No
2: like, like, He I was, was like, just like uh, I was like,
0: just uh, put your arms out Like it's, you totally could have got her. He was too
2: busy scowling at them to. <laughs> yeah, I haven't music. mastered the kindness
1: part yet. <laughs> no, he was. He, he was just there
0: in Woodley fell, and then he was gonna try to catch her.
2: <laughs> right, he didn't care about the other girl.
1: Yeah, I don't. know, I, I thought that scene was kind of rad. No, I. No, it was. It was really lame. I it also, and it isn't really fair to them, though. I guess it was a book first, but it was too reminiscent to me of mocking jay and the same dilemma that she's going through of like more people will die all the time i don't reveal myself yeah uh, that kind of it, it was okay hey, it Su- just superman really had con- the same thing it seemed totally yeah. contrived in a way that didn't actually seem true to any characters if they were really trying to get her well, see, it was just like to have a movie moment see, and to have someone's st- commit suicide again
0: what what i did kind of like about <laughs> it, what it is all about is so the soldiers show up and they they seemingly annihilate just a hotel room of, of people and you're like oh shit this just got really dark and you're like oh i'm just kidding you're all still alive i'm like oh, okay well so they yeah, didn't they just, kill them now it makes sense just so then, like a
2: tranquilizer dark. but then you're like
0: oh shit but you still have this thing in you and you could die at any moment if you try to remove it i'm like okay it's kind of dark and then once people start trying to suicide themselves i was like oh shit this is really dark this is kind of cool yeah. It's um,
2: a total murder suey action going on.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, it would have been even cooler if instead of stepping off something, they all just pulled out guns and held them at their own head, the way Shailene Woodley did at the end. Um, and also, that's what I say about that. I think that having the brother just walk in and take the gun from her was really lame because I think contextually with that character, even though in the context of the film, I know that she's not going to shoot herself, I felt that the character was willing to at that point in time. It wasn't like it wasn't like most films where they point the gun at their head, like "I'll do it, I'll do it," but I'm not actually going to. Like, I felt that like she had realized that was her only actual chance of stopping it from happening. Um,
1: but then she doesn't because Caleb just walks in and takes it away.
0: You know, that, that's what I'm saying is dumb. Like, I think it would be <laughs> yeah. better if that's when the factionless and the rest of Gauntlet, Gauntlet, <laughs> Dauntlet, Dauntless, <laughs> yeah, Gauntlet. Dauntless. Well, I mean, uh,
2: that's, the, that's the fault in the movie stars, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's the fault in her stars. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, but I, I thought that it would have been better if something else stopped her from doing it like if she was really willing to do it um then also the in the realization of the moment she almost died would have made more sense where she thinks about the box and realizes that it's actually for her and not for kate winslet like i think having a near-death experience would have triggered that better maybe i don't, I don't know i think that
1: they could have done things better i i just they could don't have underst- done a lot of things better i don't understand miles teller's motivations at all like shailene woodley has kept him alive in the first movie weirdly he joins them on the train i don't know why like how even before he joins them on the train he's been sneaking around with them like helping them that didn't make sense out of nowhere it's not like they have a gun to his head he's just walking around well well, they Um, get
0: back to the base and and he's not uh he's not injected he's yeah. like, whoa, whoa, I'm just here. And then she punches him in the face. He's like, whoa, don't punch me. It's cool. And they're like, oh, I guess you can
1: come with us then. <laughs> yeah, but like you're worse because you're not injected. That means you opted into like yeah. doing this. But he wasn't out. He was waiting back at base. So he had technically –
0: like basically he had, he had avoided being controlled but also didn't join in. He was just hanging mm-hmm. out at base. So it's like there's – I can kind of see how he – like, he wasn't doing anything to stop it, but he was also, like,
1: just hanging out back at the base. I saw him as being a guard who was helping them. But anyway, maybe, yeah. maybe not. I don't know. Um, it, it was dumb, though. I agree with you. And then, so he joins them. He's on the train with them. He's living in La La Land. For, he just pissing stiff off because he's an asshole and he likes to do that. Then he does this thing where he calls to get them killed. And she has already shown mercy to him at that point. And he doesn't care. He wants her to die. And then when she shows mercy to him a second time, all of a sudden, he suddenly cares. And he cares in a way that because they want it to be a big reveal, even though everybody knew it was going to happen, they still can't even show him caring about any of this. So he's just like, asshole, (laughs) asshole, asshole. I did it. I saved you. Yeah. I think the real
0: problem is like, if you compare him to the Cypher character in uh, the first Matrix film... Uh, spoilers for the Matrix film. Uh, he is he is getting something out of what he's doing, so he gets to. Uh, you know, if he helps betray Neo, he will be reinserted in the Matrix and gets gets to go back living a normal life as a pod person who doesn't realize that he's in the Matrix. Because for him, that is the ideal life. Ignor- ignorance is bliss. He wants to go. He wants to return to not knowing about the real world, not being a part of the war, um, regardless of whether or not that'll actually happen for him that's the idea he gets in this film he just gets a better job and in this future there's no mobility yeah like they're, they're it, it, the, the funniest attempt <laughs> the, the funniest thing is in this world these factions seem to work with no compensation like the the reward for putting in your your job is you get to maintain a role in that faction and things get provided to you But there's no like you don't get to buy things in that world Like nobody has paintings on the wall and xboxes and stuff like that It's just a world. You well, we don't which...
2: know that that's probably in the deleted scenes Yeah, probably the yeah. factionless dude has an xbox yeah.
0: There's well There's probably a scene where somebody gets like four or five ps4s and wires them together <laughs> to figure out a way to build a uh, Testing machine. Um, oh totally, but well, uh, I,
2: I, that's all like a uh, factionless and dauntless just seem like one giant frat yeah they're all just hanging out like yeah man let's go play xbox and, yo let's hang know, out at the drink. pit like <laughs>
1: yeah, in the out, first movie, they, they showed the pit as being like oh look this new world you're in together it's just like dudes yeah. hanging out yeah. in a warehouse <laughs> it's like the youth
0: group at a church
1: or something yeah, yeah it's like oh, welcome to the pit praise christ <laughs> 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 roll the stone away get out of the pit yo <laughs> well she did jump into the pit you
2: know all jesus-like like arms out true <laughs> yeah maybe it's a metaphor
1: <laughs> yeah, probably not she, she is the one andy dwyer and parks and rec she fell in the pit <laughs> anyway
0: it's uh, another another reference that goes over my head these you movies could
2: or? these movies could use a little burt macklin or johnny karate
0: <laughs> anyway right. was there any, any last things anybody wanted to bring up nope no <laughs> All right, well, we will take off then. Uh, We are going to go diverge from recording this podcast, and uh, you can, I don't know, wait for next week when we review... Get Hard. (laughs) Depending on whether you know that's the name of a film, you you could be insulting me like, screw you, I'm not going to tell you what we're reviewing, or, (laughs) or you could be saying that that's the movie we're reviewing.
2: I would hope people would know that that's a movie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or the, the 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 alternate title for it was Woodley.
2: <laughs> right. Stiff. Get stiff.
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for joining
1: me. Thanks for hey, having us.
0: Welcome. Thank you guys, uh, everyone else for listening. We appreciate her. Uh, thank you for your candor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Maybe you're not quite as dauntless as you thought you were. You're right. I'm not. I'm divergent. Now shut it down and wipe the program.